three-time Premiership cap, Cameron Ling, will once more be a part of our team. He's going to join me on a Sunday from midnight and, of course, be from midday, not midnight. Otherwise, it'll be a late day. And we'll also be a part of our Friday night commentary team alongside Mick Moldhouse and the team. Cameron Ling, welcome to another season. Great to chat. Oh, thank you so much, Clinchy. Great to be with you and, and great to be part of the ABC Grandstand team again for another season. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, last year was an absolute beauty. What a thrilling finish we just heard there. Collingwood got the win. They deserved it. But could have been Brisbane's. It could have been Carlton's. It could have been anyone's at the end of the final series. And uh, I hope we get another year like that. Which sort of makes 2024 so intriguing. We've got so many questions before the season starts as to will the same sides that were dominant last year be the same again this year. Just in sort of starting, we had the first of our, our preseason games. There's only really the one hit out now before the, the season proper gets underway. Our understanding is that's largely the players. That's sort of what they want. And the, the clubs have been happy enough to have that with sort of a mixture of um, some AFL and VFL uh, teams that have played in a sort of match the week before. But uh, Collingwood and Richmond started back on last Tuesday night and we have the final one with St Kilda and North Melbourne from uh, Moorabbin this afternoon. So, so Lingy, as a, a general guide, what are you sort of looking for in these pre-season games if you're a fan and, and sort of wondering how your team's going to go this season? Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to temper your expectations a little bit in these practice matches. I, I went along Friday night and watched Geelong take on Essendon and I think both teams got what they wanted out of that game. There was some fluent passages of play, there was some good connection, um, and then at times there were mistakes galore and it was scrappy and a few fumbles and a few drop marks, and, and that's okay, I think, in these games. It, uh, way back uh, way back when, when we used to play four um, pre-season cup games, it was too much, and you get to round one and there were injuries and, and it made it a long year. I, I, I prefer this model. But we've also got to not look at those preseason games as closely as what we used to. Get the fitness, get the match play, get the touch, get the get the run into certain players. But the results don't matter anywhere near as much. So I think most clubs would be pretty pleased, apart from those who've picked up an injury or two, and there's a couple of those, um, that they've got through these matches okay. And let's get on to opening round and round one. Cameron Ling is with you on Summer Grand Sense. So if we look at the team in which finished on top of the end, Collingwood, I guess the big question with them, Lingy, is we know Daniel McStay, unfortunately, is out for the season with a, a knee uh, injury and ACL there. But uh, the Magpies looking to go back to 1935, 1936, the last time they were un- able to win back-to-back flags. So you'd be a bold person to try and ride them off, but uh, history is against them. It is, and, and even the history of back-to-back premierships is shows how very, very difficult it is to do. Um, I've still got them there because it's, they're fresh in my memory from last year and what they played, how they played in that final series, the way they stood up in that grand final against a very good Brisbane. But it, it's it's so hard to go back to back. I, I know Richmond have been able to do it. Hawthorne did it. Um, go back to uh, to that great Brisbane Lions team. That I mean, we had a pretty damn good team at Geelong there for a few years and we couldn't go back to back. It is so hard. It is incredible. So... Um, I look at the midfield, I think, of, you know, obviously the Dacos boys stand out as the as the two there, but Chris, Darcy Moore down back, still in his prime. Um, my little bit of concern maybe centres around the forward line and, and the ease with which they kick goals. And with Daniel McStay missing, as you mentioned, Clinchy, uh, I start thinking, okay, maybe that could get a little hard there. Are they going to score enough goals to really blow teams away? But then you just look at the depth of what they do have and you think, they're going to be hard to beat. I'm tipping them to win it, but that is with that little asterisk. Oh, I know it is so, so hard to go back to back. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're top four minimum. Ideally, they'd want to be top two if they can replicate it. The big questions for me, I mean, Scott Pendlebury plays his 19th season, edging closer <laughs> yeah. to 400 games. I mean, what a champion he's been. Uh, how good can Lockie Schultz be for the Magpies? He's a good addition. They lose Jack Ginevan, but they bring in Lockie Schultz. Brody Mychek has had such a great career when he was picked up from Port Melbourne in the VFL, and he's really been the, the star of the forward line for the Magpies. And I think we saw the best of a man in which you've enjoyed watching Jordan Ngoi, who, alongside Nick Dacos in that midfield, he, his game is starting to go that new level, Jordan Ngoi. So can he continue that in 2024? Uh, the other team, I mean, starting with Lingy, is, is the Brisbane Lions. They got so close last year. And in that final term, there was the moments where you thought, is this it for Chris Fagan? Does he finally win a premiership? Uh, the big question for me, Lingy, around Brisbane, is they had such a great season last season. They didn't drop a game at the Gabba. So it feels like they have to do a lot of heavy lifting to get to the second half of the season where all of a sudden that's where it's going to matter the most. Yeah, I remember uh, our great coach, Bobber Thompson, after we dropped the uh, the 2008 grand final, saying to us, what a wonderful team we were. What an incredible season we had. But then saying, it is so hard. So much hard work goes into just getting back to this day to get an opportunity to make amends for it. So you don't just automatically click the fingers and you get a shot at redemption by uh, being back in the grand final. It is a mountain of work. And that's... For me, with Brisbane, what it comes down to, are they prepared to go back and work as hard, even harder than what they've been doing already? Um, I think they're capable of it. You, you could make a case. Collingwood fans won't like me saying this, but if Will Ashcroft doesn't hurt himself and maybe they've got that extra number to throw through the middle of the ground and just in that grand final, deep in third quarter, deep in the last quarter, they've got that extra pair of legs there that maybe that makes the difference. So... They've got enough quality players. They've got enough depth. Do they still have that hunger to dig even deeper than what they've what they've already done? And that's the question. Um, I think with Chris Fagan in charge, they will be right there. Uh, and they're a terrifically uh, managed team, coach team, led team. Um, but then it just comes to that burning desire. Do you want to do the work as a player and as an entire group to give yourself that chance? Yeah, for me, the, the question is around their forward line. We know the midfield was so strong, but Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwood, both had good seasons. Cam Camrainer potentially become that sort of third forward alongside Charlie Cameron in the forward 50. And uh, we know they've got some players that are going to come back in. Will Ashcroft, who uh, unfortunately suffered the knee injury last season. So he'll be in the back end of the season. And they also had Tom Duday from the, the Adelaide mm. Crows, which I think is a really handy pickup. Just alongside Harris Andrews might allow... Andrews to sort of play that, that loose player in defence, which we saw worked really well for Brisbane in the second half of the season. So uh, I'm with you. I think they'll be right up there. W- what about the new coaches? Lee? I'm curious to see how a Richmond lineup Adam under Adam Uze is going to look. And can this finally be the era for the Gold Coast Suns under Damian Hardwick where they play finals? I, I think starting with the Suns, um, I, I think we'll see real improvement from them. I'm not expecting them to be um, top four or anything like that. We're not going to see that meteoric rise immediately, but I think they can play finals. There's enough talent there. There's enough foundation there already with what Stuart Dew did. And, and I was on record as saying I think it was pretty harsh, Stuart Dew being moved on, given you could throw the win-loss record at me, but I think he changed a culture and, and set a really good framework for a football club. And the wins weren't quite flowing, but they will start flowing. I think with that foundation, Damien Hardwick will bring a lot to the table. He'll have them improving. He'll have them playing finals. And then their their genuine shot at it is probably in 2025, 6, 7, that sort of period. Um, 
Adam Uze is, is a fascinating one for me. I, I was big on Richmond all year last year and ultimately they fell away. Maybe I'm, maybe Clinchy, I'm caught up with what's on paper. Yeah. But I just see the name still there, that, that back line with, with, led by Nick Floston, who's an absolute star. But then in the middle, Taranto and Hopper. Dusty's still a threat. He, he might not be the peak Dusty of 2018, but he, 2017, 2018, but he is still one of the very best players in the competition. Um, Tom Lynch, does he get fit and fight? is he going to cover the ground eventually well and, and get back somewhere near his best? That's a huge question mark. Can Presti go again? But there's enough names there for me to think that Richmond become, well, not probably premiership threats, but they become very, very good again. Yeah, in my opinion, it's as simple as this. If Tom Lynch plays the majority of the season, they'll make finals. If he doesn't, I'm, I'm not sure they're good enough. Uh, we saw he kick three or more goals a game back uh, in 2012, uh, 2022, I think, when Richmond had a really good start to the season. And then his injury, obviously, the, the Tigers fell away. Uh, Dustin Martin will celebrate his 300th game this season alongside Shea Bolton. That'll, that's what will keep the uh, the fans excited. And I like Josh Gibskis back on halfback, and I think Noah Bolter as a forward will work. So uh, I'm really intrigued as to how the Tigers fare in 2024. Cameron Ling and Matt Clinch with you, having a look at the 2024 AFL season on ABC Radio, ABC Sport Digital, and via the ABC Leeson app. Uh, Ling, you help me. The, the two teams I'm most curious about in the first sort of three to six rounds are Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs for, for very different reasons. The Demons have had a whole heap of issues with Clayton Oliver, whether he's playing in the VFL or playing in the AFL side in round one. I'm more curious to see that the application of their players as to being knocked out in straight sets last year, does that light the fuse that they know they're a, a side that's more than capable of winning a premiership for a second time? Because can they bounce back this year? Well, it should light the fuse, shouldn't it, Clancy? The last two years have been um, unacceptable with that level of talent and, and the window that was open to them for not just winning that incredible drought-breaking premiership, but winning multiple premierships. So, you know, I, I had them down as the sort of team that could win two in four years. But then you see them play the last couple of years in finals and you think, oh, why did I rate them so highly? Um, that, they've been disappointing. And, and then throw in Clayton Oliver's absence and everything that's gone in the off-season. I simply don't know. So I've got them falling. Um, and, and that seems strange with the when you've got the likes of Max Gorn and Christian Petrarca and May and Lever and all of those players running around, they should be better, but something just isn't quite right. And in a competition that's so even and so good, um, and we're saying how difficult it is for Collingwood to go back-to-back, you've got to be outstanding to be in that top four. I can't see Melbourne getting there. Um, so so I, I probably... I, I, culturally... And what's happening off the field has to impact on the field, so therefore um, there might be doubts there. Um, sorry, Clinchy, what was the other team you asked well, Western about? Bulldogs is the other Western team Bulldogs, with yes, thank Luke you. Beveridge I... having a little bit less control, supposedly, this season, and uh, obviously a new uh, scattering of assistant coaches underneath him. I have them going the other way, yeah. I think they can, they can use the last couple of years and, and where they've dropped off to launch a bit more. I, I love the appointment of Matty Egan, um, I'm, I'm shattered he ended up leaving Geelong and has ended up at the Western Bulldogs. He brings a real development focus. He'll, he'll unite the group as well, alongside uh, Luke Beveridge. And uh, again, you talk about quality, led by Marcus Pontempelli, but all of that team is just outstanding talent, quality, the youth of Jamari Hugel-Hagen, um, Sam Darcy, these sorts of players coming up as young players. 
with you know what you're going to get from Jack McRae and, and Liver and, and can Bailey Smith discover a little bit more? That, those, I'm oh, sorry, Bailey Smith's going to miss, but um, they, uh, they, they've got enough quality players out there that, uh, that they've got to go up the ladder for me. Yeah, I think uh, the loss of Bailey Smith will put a bit of a hole in the midfield, but yep. they do have Tim English, who's coming into the prime of his career. He's into the final year of his contract, so 26 years of age. He should be an all-Australian lock for me. He and Ron Marshall should be battling it out alongside Max Gorn for the ruck position, but I'm with you alongside Jamara Ugalhagen emerging this season alongside Aaron Norton, and uh, I really like the, the look of Riley Sanders and Sam Darcy. That's that's the future for the Western Bulldogs. Uh, if I ask you your thoughts on, I mean, a couple of the sides that really struggled, North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles, take us back to the, the days of the hype of Gary Ablett Jr. Harley Reid has the world on his shoulders in <laughs> WA. They are counting the amount of days he features on the front page and the back page. I feel for the young kid. My expectations aren't nearly as high as him. No, I, I feel the same as well. And, and West Coast are a Huge club, a monster club who have been nothing short of woeful um, in the last couple of years with their performances and unacceptable performances and even their preparation and professionalism at times have been questioned. So um, it is so much to put on a kid who has not played a game of footy, who looks like he's going to be a wonderful player and exciting and all of that, but to pin everything on that one is is unfair. Um, So the club is going to have to play an important role in sheltering him a little bit, guiding him, nurturing him through that, because they can't control the, the Perth media and they can't control the West Coast supporters who want to get excited about him. Um, but they're just going to have to guide that, temper those expectations. And they're in for another tough year. Uh, they're, as I said, their results over the last couple of years have just been unacceptable. Um, they are, they've been a million miles off. Um, so Harley Reid's not going to fix that overnight. Uh, and he's just going to have to grow and, and, you know, aim for playing his very, very best footy in, in four years' time and five years and six years and seven years. That That's that peak period. It doesn't have to be straight away. He doesn't have to be Chris Judd or Joel Selwood or Nick Dacos or any of those players. Just just let him grow and develop. Um, and I think North are, are on the right track and, and they've got a bit more foundation with some of their midfield and Luke Davies Uniac, you know, took the leap. Nick Larky took the leap up forward. Uh, but they're in for another, you know, I won't say horrid season, but tough season where they're going to win a couple, look good, and then they'll drop a couple of games they they shouldn't win. They might still get belted by one of the very best teams throughout the season. That's okay. That's all part of that development. So I think both will be somewhere near the bottom, but I think North North have got a bit more foundation around their game than what West Coast have. Yeah, I'm a little with you as well. I think the retirements from the West Coast Eagles sometimes get overlooked and it's going to be an interesting season for Adam Simpson to see if he can show enough improvement there that uh, they are heading in the right direction and uh, hopefully for Alistair Clarkson. It's a more stable season for North Melbourne. We see more of their young guns who are able to start the rebuild. Cameron Ling is with you on Summer Grandstand. We're looking forward to the AFL season of 2024. I was having a quick look at the, the ladder predictor league and the two sides I was wrestling with, one is close to your heart, the Cats, and the Adelaide Crows is the other who got denied the finals by, uh, well, the smallest of margins after no goal review in the match against the Sydney Swans. So given the fact you were there at the Cattery on, on Friday night, are you, are you bullish about Geelong? I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna tip them for finals, and I've currently got about 14 teams making the top eight. <laughs> yep. so I need to define that one down a little bit more. Um, I think Geelong's chances of playing finals come down to the health of their experienced players. Now, Cam Guthrie's already gone, unfortunately. I felt for him 
he's going to miss probably eight to ten weeks with that serious quad injury. Can Mark Blitzar's body hold up? Paddy Dangerfield is, again, like I said about Dusty, he's not going to be peak Patrick Dangerfield, but can he still play some good midfield minutes and be dangerous up forward? Can Mitch Duncan still use the ball well and his, his leg speed doesn't drop off too much and he's rushed with his disposal? Can Zach Tui have some composure and some health in his body? Tom Hawkins up forward, takes, can he take a bit of pressure from Jeremy Cameron? So the health of those older guys will then allow... The, the transition of Tanner Bruin taking over the midfield a little bit more. Ollie Henry taking over in the forward line a little bit more. Sam Bacconing having a bigger influence down back. And then I think if they can get that balance right, they're a chance to play finals. And if that health isn't there with those older guys and you're forced to expose the young guys too early, that's when you might see a little bit of fluctuation in, in the form and, and maybe a drop-off. But I've got them squeezing in. Um, and I've got the Adelaide. I loved what the Crows did last year, Crunchy. Mm. They play with a style of footy that is very, very good. They're dangerous with their ball use. Their forward line is... I don't know how they isolate and find space so well. Um, they just all work together beautifully. The way that they've shifted from relying totally on the older players and you know, even a Rory Laird through the middle of the ground, it's less reliant on him. Um they, I love what they're doing at the Crows, enough to say that they play finals. But uh, if you keep adding up how many teams I'm saying is playing finals right now, <laughs> it's a little bit out of whack with what they actually allow at the end of the season. That's okay. The season proper hasn't started. I'm not going to hold you to any bold <laughs> predictions or anything yet. Uh, so as I let you go, Lingy, round zero. So starting outside of Victoria, away from the traditional sort of Richmond-Carlton on a Thursday night, uh, yes or no? Uh, yes. For this year, with what the NRL are doing, Vegas, they've left an opening. Why not? Give it a go. Grow it. Uh, you know, we're seeing the growth in the northern states already. We're seeing the Suns Academy players getting drafted. Why not? But don't necessarily do it every single year. Um, I- I'm happy to give it a go. I-, I don't mind it. It seems early. You know, it's strange. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to get all my notes together and working over the end thinking, oh, it starts next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to get a move on, but um, why not this year? Hey, you've got that little window where you can just push into those northern states, get a little bit of a foothold, give it a go. Absolutely. Uh, Ling, I look forward to chatting to you every Sunday from midday alongside Jake Knowles going to join us, the Chief Footy Writer from The Age. It'll all be underway next weekend. Uh, thanks, as always, for your time. Oh, I can't wait, Clinchy. We're going to have a terrific year. All the best.